This bonus episode of the Meet Me on Planet 3 podcast is brought to you by Compost Critters. They're wiggly and jiggly and kind of gross, and they recycle nutrients to make the best soil around. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today to Meet Me on Planet 3. I am your host, Deanna Hoffman, a parent of two young children, an experienced science educator, and an environmental advocate. The Meet Me on Planet 3 podcast features actions that folks like you are taking to protect and preserve our amazing planet Earth. For this bonus episode, I will share more of my interview with Rhonda Mace, also known as Recycle Rhonda. We first heard from Recycle Rhonda when she spoke with me about her work with Sharon Davison, the amazing kindergarten teacher who was featured in Meet Me on Planet 3 podcast episode 3. As the school outreach coordinator for Vermont's Chittenden Solid Waste District, Rhonda partners with educators in her area to cultivate sustainable practices in their students and the community. Rhonda, or Recycle Rhonda, thank you so much for meeting me on Planet 3 today. Oh, you are very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. This is exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, I interviewed Sharon a couple weeks ago, and I was just blown away by all that she is able to do with such young children. And your name came up many times. (laughs) And she (laughs) is so grateful to you. And I said, I have to meet Recycle Rhonda. I can't do the episode without including Rhonda because it sounds like the two of you really work in partnership. Like any good teacher, she uses her resources and she uses her community members and she went to you, I think. And so I was just going to see if you could tell me first about your, just your job in general and your path to the career. And then we'll get into how you connected with Sharon. I work for the Chittenden Solid Waste District. Basically, we have to handle all the stuff that people no longer want or need in our county. And so that's trying to find fantastical things to do with all of that stuff. Sometimes there's nothing to do with it. It has to go to the landfill. I do all of the school outreach. So two-year-olds to 52-year-old grad students. And I kind of fell into it. I was certified to be a high school science teacher was uh, long-term subbing for a long time. And I loved it. However, Vermont being so small, it's hard to get a job. This job came up and I'm like, well, it's not classroom teaching, but it's teaching. And it's like teaching basically environmental science. And so I applied, got the job, and I've been at it for six and a half years now. Part of my job is to make sure schools are doing the right thing, too. So there is like a regulatory side to my job. I don't like regulatory, Rhonda. (laughs) I always tell people I'm an educator, not a regulator. However, um, I do have to check in and make sure that they're doing, that things are working well in their schools. Sharon reached out probably my first couple of months of working here. And I'm like, kindergartners. I don't know how to teach kindergartners. I love to have a good time and sing and dance and act goofy. So maybe it'll work out. She was amazing. I've learned all of my young teaching skills from Sharon. And it was one of her students that actually gave me the name Recycle Rhonda. He was like tugging on my shirt. He's like, Recycle Rhonda. And I'm like, dude, that's a great name. I'm stealing it. And this last year has been devastating for me because I have, I've seen two, I've been to two schools since October. I didn't realize how 
how much energy I get from teaching the kids. And so it's been really great. This last week I've taught three classes and I'm like, oh, and my colleagues are all like, thank God she's going back into teaching because they think I'm miserable. Well, I am miserable without them. What kinds of things do you do with schools or Sharon's class in, in particular? So yeah, I developed a bunch of different lessons. I call it the trifecta. So basically we start off with trash talking in the three R's. And so we talk about like, you know, where does our trash go? And then the reduce, reuse, and then the recycle part. And then we end up that lesson with a little sorting game. So they all have something to put in one of three bins. And so in Vermont, I mean, we're really lucky because we have easy access to recycling and composting. Schools have been composting food scraps for decades. We're lucky in that sense. So we usually have three bins where they can sort out all of their different stuff. And then I eat lunch with them and help them sort their stuff out at lunchtime. So that's lesson one. The second lesson is compost critters. So I typically have a small compost bin that I keep going all year round with all of the outside critters in it. And we look for all of the critters. And so they really get into that. With the kindergartners, I bring these little puppets with me, Bernie Bacterium and Fran the Fungus. And so then they each have an item and they feed it to the bacteria and the fungus. And if they like it, they put it in the compost bucket. And if they don't like it, then they like spit it out, which is always really fun for the kids and myself too. So, but they get the idea of like, oh, food goes in here, not plastic or metal or anything else. And there's other places that that goes. Some of the classes we go outside and actually like dig in the leaf litter and look for the actual real compost critters. That was one thing I did last year when the pandemic hit is I made a video of compost critters and encouraged the kids to get outside and take pictures of all of the compost critters and really explore their outside environment since they couldn't really go anywhere. I'm not sure the parental units were all that excited about it, but I'm like, whatever. That's the great thing about kids is that they can get their parents to do stuff that I could never in a million years get them to do. I always like to call the kids my little boots on the ground because they get more work done than I ever could imagine. And so the third lesson is worm composting. So I usually bring in a big bin, they get the worms out, and by the end of it, almost every kid has touched the worms, their hands are dirty, it's dirt's everywhere, it's fantastic. And they learn a lot. <laughs> taught them responsibility and caring for, even though some people think that the worms are ugly and gross, they still are living critters that we have to love and respect. And they do a lot of good. So I love, I love my job. I couldn't imagine. I'm kind of glad that the whole classroom teacher thing didn't pan out. Now I get to meet a bazillion kids and often they'll see me around town and, you know, be like, Hey, recycle Rhonda. And I'm like, Oh, and then the parents will be like, Oh, you're the reason my kid's digging in the trash. And I'm like, but are they teaching you something? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, perfect. Mission accomplished. I am all set. <laughs> Amazing. I wrote a blog about worms. And now I wish I had talked to you first because I didn't say the piece about helping kids learn how to care for creatures and animals. I alluded to it, but I feel like that is a strong piece of why people should love worms. Because my yeah. kids sure love worms. <laughs> yeah, if you can love and respect a worm, you can pretty much love and respect anything. Yeah. 
It's true. And it's so low stakes. Like you don't have to go out and take it out for a walk and like it's not going to ruin your house and you just go outside and visit it and dig for it and put it back when you're done. Like it's so easy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Love worms. <laughs> and, yeah. and then you got the kids in the dirt and ah, all of the great benefits to having your hands dirty. It's like a win all the way around. <laughs> Why should families care about recycling and composting? Because it is part of the whole bigger picture of taking better care of our planet. I always try to emphasize, like, I mean, composting and recycling are very important Reducing and reusing, I always emphasize that even more. Part of my job is make sure people are getting things in the right bin, and that's cool. But even a bigger responsibility is let's not make the stuff in the first place, and then we don't even have to figure out where it goes because we're not making it. Let's try to think a little differently about this disposable society. Yeah, it's convenient, but we're not making it convenient for our next generation. Figuring out what is needed and what is wanted are like a top thing. You know, do you really need that or do you just want it? Can you do without it? Can you borrow? I worked with a bunch of third graders on that. Jim's got the same video game that you want. Why not like borrow Jim's and Jim can borrow one of your video games? It blew their mind. And I grew up in a very poor household. That put me in a very different mentality. And I think it really helps who I am today because I did without a lot and I made my own stuff. Like we made a lot of our own stuff and we wasted nothing really. We composted when I was a kid because like, well, why would you throw that in the trash? Let's turn it into soil. We grew our own food, you know, all of that stuff. Recycling and composting. And again, it like really depends on where you live. Some regions recycling is not working right now. We happen to be very lucky in Vermont that our system works really well. We may be small and we may not generate a lot in context to say Boston. And that makes things challenging. Definitely not economical for us, but it's an important mission too to keep all of that stuff out of the landfill, recycled into something new. And it's our responsibility as citizens to also make sure that we're buying stuff made out of the recycled material because otherwise, Recycling won't work. So I always encourage people and kids, one change, that's it. One thing that you can change to reduce the amount of trash you make. And although, you know, my job is to concentrate on making sure the end stuff, when you're ready to get rid of it, goes to the right place. I do think as an educator and as a environmentalist that my job is important to also emphasize even if that cut or reduction is in turning off the water while you're brushing your teeth one step because when you start making one step the next step is so much easier and before you know it you're like wrapped up in it and your actions speak louder than words just doing it and then having people observe you and then they're like, oh, that's not that hard. Oh, okay, I'll do that. For an example, going out to eat, my friends used to hate going out with me because I would be like, I don't I don't want your styrofoam container. Jesus has some tin foil because at least I can wash that and recycle it. And they're like, I'm not going out with you anymore. And now I find that they're like, I'll take some tin foil. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Two years ago, you were embarrassed <laughs> asking for it. And now you're doing it? All right.
And again, with the kids, that's the greatest thing is that they get excited about even just one thing and it just starts spreading through their family and their community. They have such an incredible power to make change. Where does your passion for the environment come from? You mentioned growing up poor. I mean, is that where it started? So, I mean, I grew up, not only were we poor, but we grew up in a very chaotic house. And so I would just leave for like weekends at a time, like just go into the woods. We lived in the country and I would just like take my dog and we would like go camping in the woods just to get away from the craziness in my house. And when I was young, probably like a young teenager, I was just like sitting out there and I was just like talking to mother nature and was like, you know, you've provided me with serenity, peace, safety. I owe you. I am where I am today because she kept me safe because she kept me sane and I could get away from the, the craziness in my house. And I'm like, I will dedicate my life to you, to keeping you healthy and happy and if it's only just me, that's fine. If people follow me, that's even better. But that's where it comes from. One last question. Yeah. You said you sing with the children. <laughs> would you be willing to sing one of those songs right now? I would, yes. And I actually learned this from four-year-olds at a pre-K. So I'm like, most of the material that I use is what I learned from the kids. And I always tell them, I learn as much from you as you learn from me. One of the things that I love about my job is that I can learn even from four-year-olds. Yeah, so this is the recycle song and we sing this, uh, well, we sing it pretty much on every visit. All right, so gonna shake it out. All right, I'm gonna have to like move this because I have to stand up. Oh gosh, now I wish I had video. There's a dance? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely a dance. All right, here we go. <laughs> We recycle, we recycle, yes we do, yes we do. Caring for the planet, caring for the planet, you should too, you should too. That's it. That was incredible. I always preface it by, I do not sing. I mean, I love to sing, I just can't sing very well, but it's okay, it doesn't stop me. <laughs> Anything else you want to share, Rhonda? We all share this planet. It's not our planet. It's the planet. And we all, all are living here from worms to human beings and everything in between. And we have to work together in order to make it a place that's habitable for everything. And everything has a right or yeah, a right to be here and live healthily. Recycle Rhonda, thank you so much for meeting me on Planet 3. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Deanna. This has been fun too. And I love your podcast. It's great. Oh, thanks. A huge thank you to Recycle Rhonda for sharing her stories and her enthusiasm. To summarize the key lessons from this bonus episode. Lesson number one. There is a reason reduce comes first in the slogan, reduce, reuse, recycle. If we reduce our product consumption, we don't have to worry about the trash we generate and the problems the waste causes in the first place. Figure out your needs versus your wants and make even just one change to start. Following my conversation with Rhonda, 
my family chose to use reusable cloth napkins instead of single-use paper napkins. What is one change you can commit to today? Number two, actions speak louder than words. When you model sustainable practices, others will notice and start to change their behaviors too. Collectively, we can and will make changes for a better planet. Number three, you can learn as much from children as they can learn from you. And number four, it's the earth, not our earth. From earthworms to humans, we all have a right to be here and deserve respect and care. Thank you for taking the time to meet me on Planet 3. Subscribe today, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and check out my blog at meetmeonplanet3.com. And please email me with topic suggestions or questions. Deanna at meetmeonplanet3.com. That's D-E-A-N-N-A at meetmeonplanet3.com.